0: The year 2020 has been a year of change. Global changes have included COVID-19 pandemic which has resulted in us all having to change our ways especially with traveling on a global scale. Cutting down air traffic has bound many to their place when the regulations came. The world is not as small or open anymore as it used to be. On a regional scale there have been wildfires and other natural catastrophes. In societies Some people have demanded rights that they should have by default, more visibly than in years, and there have been demonstrations and confrontations in many places around the world. Individually people have also gone through changes. Some have lost or quit their job, some found a new one. Some have faced economic challenges and some have overcome them. Relatives, family members and friends have passed away and babies have been born. Relationships have been broken and new have been formed. We haven't been able to see some people important to us physically, but we've been able to connect to them and many others via technology. Children have had to do learning outside of school context and stay away from their important social groups. Adults have had to learn working from home, some meanwhile helping their children in education. We all have faced changes of some kind this year, big or small. We face changes normally also, but this year it has been more rapid, more serious, and more visible, and more in number and ways. My name is Jan Konntkanen and you are listening to Metaapatam Podcast. This series is called Paragons of Change. It's a series of interviews with people from board gaming sphere whom I've noticed going through changes in recent times. We talk about change and what they have changed in their lives. By default, we do not claim we state facts. We only talk from our own points of view and our opinions. As the discussion might take a negative note at times, we try to finish with a positive. By giving you a top 9 list of games, the topic of the list has been chosen by the guest and we will have a battle of the lists after the episode airs in my social media channels. You, dear listener, are encouraged to comment and vote on the lists to see which one of us did better. The award is pride and fame among the small listener base this podcast has. Now let's invite our paragon for today. So this is the series called Paragons of Change, and the first guest I have today here is Richard Simpson. Welcome.
1: Yay!
0: Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Um, yeah I'm good
2: I hate to say this because I was thinking about this earlier on it's like how can you actually under these circumstances kind of be good but I gave it some long thought and I think um, yeah 2020's been a year but all in all I can't (laughs) I'd like to sit and complain and grumble but um, there's things I can complain about in a bigger term but mostly I can't You know, I get up in the morning, I'm healthy um, the family's all doing well, you know, um, parental units and everything like that are fine. Nobody's been horrifically ill, everybody's working and got jobs and stuff like that, so... Yeah, I could be doom and gloom if you want, but I'm not gonna be. It's good, no, yeah. don't be.
0: It's Actually, good. just be what you are, or be yourself. If you're doom and gloom, then be, but if you're not, <laughs> then don't be. We're all uh, doomed, doomed to <laughs> condemnation. Um, no. (laughs) That doesn't sound very magical. No. Um, Who are you, if people don't know who you are?
2: Who am I? Um, I am the little wizard that could. Um, No, I am... Wait, wait, repeat, what? (laughs) what? I am Gandalf's right hand man. (laughs) I am the spellcaster extraordinaire. I am the person who put the... Um, the Bibbidi into the Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Doo-Boo in Breadbeds... No, I my name's Richard. I run the We're Not Wizards collection of various media things, which most people will know me for running a podcast for a number of years, where I interviewed guests and I also had a few episodes with a co-host for a while. And... Um, and yeah, and I did about four hundred of them.
0: That's quite a lot.
2: Four hundred hours of well it was about the way I worked out it, it was about five hundred hours of kind of audible kind of content, which kind of is like the Harry Potter books several times over, which is kind of you know, quite strange. So there you go. Um yeah, so
0: same level of writing in both.
2: <laughs> same same level Yeah, same level of writing and also I'm not a turf. Um, ah, so there yeah. you go, <laughs> so there's that 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 uh, that obvious kind of thing. no, that's it yeah, kind of a not I kind of stumbling along the magical path of life kind of trying to deny my own magical wizardry, I guess I'm rambling you need to stop
0: me actually two days ago I was thinking that why no one has said that you're a witchard Simpson. So good! Oh, wow, wow! That is so good. Because I was thinking that if if you were if Wizard was pronounced in Finnish, it would be wizard, and you just you can easily make R into W. So I thought that why no one said wizard Simpson? That would suit well. That
2: just makes everything kind of come in because we can't. I mean, in this world nowadays, where things are a little bit more in terms of the gender fluidity. you know in terms of practicing magic I suppose it depends if you're a little bit more organic if you like getting in amongst the entrails and the kind of the real meat of the problem and I guess being a witch isn't necessarily a bad thing Um, and it would also mean I'd be able to Halloween be able to buy one of those horrific uh, sexy witch costumes (laughs) (laughs) which you always see (laughs) online and I'd be able to go about the houses, with uh, and and basically try and collect candy.
0: As so, long as you have the hat. As, lo-
2: as long as I'm wearing my hat, imagine yeah. I can't think of anything scarier <coughs> in the world than somebody opening the door and me standing there in some kind of sexy witch kind of outfit. I think um, <laughs> I think I'd probably last about three houses until <laughs> I kind of got arrested, but. Um, I mean, obviously, Halloween isn't that long. I mean, do you have... I mean, over here in Scotland, we have our um, we have our tradition called guising. Which yeah. The Americans call trick-or-treat, but they don't know what they're talking about. Um, yeah. But we call it guising, which is based around the, the term disguising. So what you used to do is you used to go around and disguise yourself as various kind of spirits and things like that, and mm. and basically kind of tell people they had to give you treats or otherwise something terrible would happen to them, um, mm. and that kind of went on. Have you got kind of like similar traditions? Do you even celebrate? Kind of,
0: yeah, we um, have this in a way. All Saints Day, yes. That it's very old tradition that you in a way think about the spirits and uh, kids dress up as witches and wizards and some Mm -hmm. other spiritual creatures but we didn't have this trick or treating we didn't go and ask someone to give us something we were just (laughs) disguising but it seems that it comes from the over the atlantic ocean that you have to always ask for something if you want to do something you don't do anything for without some kind of price or salary or something else
2: yeah you're supposed to give a you're supposed to kind of do a performance in order to be rewarded you didn't just turn up and say, Give us give us sweets. You're meant to actually kinda of do a, a like a song or a poem or a little rhyme or a joke or something like that. And then you were meant to get kinda of, of course they've commercialised it all up the bazoo. So, you know, they've kind of turned it into you can go and you can buy entire things full of candy and it's all horrifically <clears throat> horrifically vulgar. As you would yeah, say that's true. nowadays, which is fine. So, um, I'm gonna remember. I've actually written down "witchard" because my I think um, I think I remember.
0: Actually, if you pronounce the witchard like that, it's how a Finn would pronounce wizard, if they don't pronounce it English way. But <laughs> so you you, you know. made it so you made it into this tender thing, so you can have your tender.
2: Yeah, well, I just uh, yeah, I'm a neutrality. I could say you know I'm 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 rocking. I'm rocking the ability to to be fluid when it comes to Halloween because it is the time. Yeah, that's true for all Saints Day. So that is, I mean, let's face it. If you if you don't learn something new every day, then what are you doing? That's true. And secondly, it's an extra bonus if you actually learn something new about yourself.
0: That's also good. That
2: is also good. So yeah, so that's where I'm from. So this is where we run tangent, Say, I do a podcast. Um, I still um do podcasts, um, well I don't do podcasts um, as much but I, I, I kind of host other people's shows now, which is pretty interesting
0: Yeah, I'm going back to the tangent, we went to shop today and they had put the Halloween stuff up already and it was so much too early and nowadays uh, the kids are doing this Halloween stuff, at least where we live we are living in this area of villas everyone live, lives in their own home So the kids come from door to door and then they say that trick or treat. They don't make a performance though, but if they have good outfit, I'm usually giving candy and the wife is also giving some candy, but they never do tricks.
2: I remember when I was, when I was living in Edinburgh and, um, I lived in a block of flats or a block of apartments, you would call them, and, um, The local kids kind of all came round in their various kind of costumes and things like that. And then there was... uh, And I still remember it to this day because it was the most endearing thing I'd ever seen, which was there was a a young girl turned up with her mother and uh, knocked on the door and she said she'd come as a a pile of rubbish and she had basically (laughs) had had a black bin bag and she had stuck kind of various discarded items like a plastic milk bottle and a, a a kind of an empty cigarette packet and and you know stuff that wasn't going to rot and I th- and they were obviously pretty poor <laughs> um and it was like just like I was kind of like cuz there was obviously folk turning out with skull masks and you know big robot outfits But
0: that's great creativity.
2: But that creativity and it was just the fact that
0: this was somebody that had had made
2: an effort and and kind of obviously didn't have the the money to to get in and get them. I was just like, well, here you you know. So I gave them I gave them some just I gave them a pile of sweets and I also and it's always always you kind of give them a couple of quid as well, a couple of pound as well. So that was kind of that's good. That Was kind of nice, but but yeah. But um, yeah. I think this year's going to be different. I don't know if the kids are going to be going around the houses. And I definitely don't know if there's going to be handing out kind of Halloween candy and stuff like that. I can't mm. imagine. I can't imagine that really. That kind of really being a thing. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, this whole kind of let's start the celebration a month early, and it's like, we're not. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Stop that. Yeah, it.
0: that's true. Actually, it's cool to transition now to the next part that this year has been quite interesting <laughs> since February or March. There is this coronavirus thing going on, and you already said that it's not sure if the kids will go from door to door and if there will be candies or not.
2: Yeah.
0: How is this corona, or how has it been visible in Scotland and how's the situation at the moment?
2: Um, Scotland's kind of interesting because there's always been, um, and I don't know if it's just naturally just people from Scotland in general have always, there's a sense of patriotism, but it comes from the fact of people being kind of strong together. Mm. Um, whereas I always get, you know, when people said, like, okay, you've got a a social distance, you've got to wear a mask, you've got to wash your hands, you've got to work from home, Mm. the general consensus from the Scottish people was kind of like, yeah, fair enough, sounds good, whereas the kind of impression that I get from our southern neighbours in England is that um, patriotism is all about kind of like being strong as yourself and kind of the English as an identity as a people and that doesn't necessarily kind of mix or gel well with kind of authority so there was there was automatically a bit of a kind of a less of an acceptance and we're going to bend the rules and we don't want to necessarily kind of toe the line kind of thing so um we've actually done We've done okay. I think we obviously we've still had cases, and I think in all in all, the UK has been bloody dreadful. But we had managed for a while to get the um, to get what they call the R number, which is the replication number, Mm. down below one. But um, I think, naturally, like any capitalist society, is that when you've got people in higher places that need to. Continue to make billions that they don't pay tax on. There's been a push to, there's mm-hmm. been a push to get people kind of, kind of back to work, and there's been a push to get some kind of normality. And I think um, there's been a push for some kind of sanity because I uh, like it or not, as a human, as human beings, we're very, very much kind of social animals. And um, whether you like it or not, when you're when you're at work, um, a lot of people probably spend more time with their work colleagues than they actually do with their their partners that they've Mm. (laughs) in many ways, you know, met, fell in love with and decided to have, you know, children with. And then sometimes you spend more time with your, you know, with your work colleagues than you do with your own kids. Mm. And um, so I think, uh, I think generally with these things or generally with big things, what happens is there's a big, huge, whoa, this is awful. And then what happens is that, People kind of get used to it. So when we had like um, the, you know, the the Brexit vote, and everybody was like, um, "We're going to leave Europe," and then there was this kind of expectation of everything going back to normality, which it kind of hasn't. And then we then had the coronavirus thing, which is um, again and there was the net big expectation of everything going back to normality, mm. and it hasn't. I think it's been a bit of a Bit of a struggle Um, I've got um one of my uh, one of my kids they were setting their exams they in imp- one of their first set of their important exams because we set mm-hmm. kind of two sets of exams the kids we set like a, a kind of halfway through their sc- their higher education they set mm-hmm. a kind of a first set of exams that help decide, The next level of qualifications that they do, that ultimately those those qualifications decide which educational establishment they go to. If they go to Mm -hmm. a university or college, and over here, and I don't know if you're aware of that, aware of this, but um, basically the they had to, um, they effectively had to, they weren't allowed to sit their first set of exams, so they had to go based on what the teachers thought of them and. There are kind of mock exams that they sat before, which gave them an indication of potentially what they were going to score. So, um,
0: so and. Um, I saw something in Twitter about that, that. There was something about this grading things in UK. I didn't really read it that well because I well, didn't know what it about. But there was something that someone. Was had some very good grades and then they couldn't get somewhere where they were going to go because of g- some one crate yeah. being not proper or something.
2: Again, it was kind of like it was a strange kind of Scottish, Scottish kind of English divide again. Because um, Scotland, while it is part of the United Kingdom, it has a certain amount of devolved power and responsibility that it can take. Mm. And one of it is its Scot- the Scottish education system is pretty much kind of has its uh, has power over pretty much what it does Mm. so when the situation came up because the teachers were giving the kids the grades and the grades were based on the kind of the mock exams the Mm. first minister at the time basically said like don't worry about it we'll get it sorted out for you if you're under your grades then we'll go through the selection process and we'll just appeal it all Mm. and um, it got sorted out meanwhile in England um, it looks like (laughs) their (laughs) algorithm Their algorithm, and I'm not anti-English, I just think they're...
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I just saw you know, as well.
2: You know, it's not... It's just that they do just things that you go, what are you... F- what are you... Do? It's like, <laughs> I know you won the World Cup once, but you really need to get over yourselves. Because they've still got kind of that big, it's back sen- this big sense of patriotism and all that nonsense, like they're an empire where they're not. And that's another podcast for another time. Yeah, that's but true. anyway, what happened was that they got their grades handed out, and the government, the education minister, kind of went tough. Mm. <laughs> and if you want to appeal, you have to appeal. But the issue was, it turned out that the algorithm that they were using to dis- to discern what grades these kids got was a postcode kind of lottery. <laughs> so depending on the area that these kids were living in, um, the poorer kids got their, were more likely to get their grades kind of marked down while the richer, more affluent kids That's ridiculous. were more likely to get their grades upgraded. And it led into this big kind of, is this class, is this I'm trying to keep, you know, kind of um, more affluent children who are more likely to grow into kind of Tory voters, mm. as opposed to poorer children who are more likely to grow into being opposition voters kind of thing. Mm. So it was that kind of whole thing as well, so yeah. So it's been kind of, it's kind of been, it's been kind of interesting. People have been working from home, people have been trying to get back to work. We've got a strange situation at the moment where technically um, <clears throat> I can't see, I can't have my kids around because um, my uh, my two eldest live with um, with my ex-wife. So they can't come round to our my house at the moment for any period of time because a parent cuz they're we're we're not kind of in this kind of bubble like mm. relationship kind of thing. However, I can go and take them to a restaurant and we can sit about quite the thing and meet everything. Yeah. At the same time, it's the same with my mother. I can't actually go up and spend meant to spend any time in my mum's house. However, I could take her out to the local garden center and go and sit in the restaurant there and have a cup of coffee and literally spend as long as I want. So there's a lot <laughs> There's a lot of different. It's a bit silly. It's been just very strange. I think people are trying to adjust it. I think, um, you know, I think there's been stupid mistakes made, um, ignorant mistakes, and also uh, mistakes made on based on business and profit. Yes. Um, and I think that's, and I understand where it's coming from, but, I, you know, again, I've got, I've got issues about companies that refuse to pay, that go out of their way to pay tax, getting government handouts. Mm. Um, that really arcs me. Um, that was one of the things that the government refused to draw guidelines and stuff. So it's just it's un. I think and get not getting a bit philosophical, but I think the thing <laughs> about the thing about COVID and the thing about Brexit and the thing about Trump and the thing about everything that we see. You know, the rise of the right wing and. You know, potential of authoritarianism, kind of in regimes and stuff like that, is you know over the last probably ten years, culture has become a very much a big kind of something becomes very big for all all of thirty seconds, and then it disappears. Mm, And that's true. And pretty much over the last, even the last maybe ten years, if not even shorter, you know maybe you know five, uh, six, six, seven years. We've been taught that any great tragedy or anything like that, people naturally normalise it and they learn to live with it and it fades away very, very quickly. And we're in this kind of situation where, um, like it or loathe it, you've had a long period of instability, which some people would say, or brilliance in America, depending on what side you're on. We've had a large period of instability with regards to our relationship with Europe. Or it's been absolutely fantastic, depending on what side of the fence that you're <laughs> on. But it's continuing. It's like death by a by a thousand cuts. And this <laughs> coronavirus, everybody kind of, it's like uh, it's the old thing about the First World War. Well, it'll be over by Christmas, kind of thing. And people, what they were expecting when it took off in they took off in December, they were like, well, this is the flu, mm. and they expected it to act like the flu, and then they expected it to get to March and die off and it didn't and then expected it to get to June when it was really really hot and it didn't Mm. and now we're heading into the arse end of the year looking October down the barrel of a gun and it's not going anywhere and I think for everybody's mental health including my own it's been extraordinarily difficult and I think it has forced people to assess what they're doing and in some ways make changes Hmm. To what they're doing and really have a look, and I think for a lot of people like myself, it's and I said this at the beginning, it's been actually fairly positive. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. In terms that if I cut out certain parts of the horrible mess or the wonderful mess, depending on what side of the fence you sit on, um, actually, I'm I've been working from home since. You know, end of February, beginning of March, my boss turned round and basically said, "Right,
0: off you go." <laughs> mm. But <laughs> go that's quite out. quite quick reaction, actually.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think at my work, um, we're all quite long in the tooth. We're all quite old. I'm one of the youngest members of staff there, and I'm looking down the grand old age of, you know, the barrel of the gun that is known as fifty years old. I'm not too, <laughs> I'm not too far off from that, to be perfectly honest. Um, and so their their attitude was, this isn't about us, this is about all the, because a lot of them, we've all got parents that are still alive, mm. so we thought well, if it's going to affect anybody, it's going to potentially affect our parents so they just went, we're not going to risk it we are an IT company I work for an IT company mm. um, we can work from home, and that's yeah, what happened um, but interestingly enough, the the change from it was um, all of a sudden I got I got like an hour and a half a day back Mm. In terms of time,
0: yeah, that's true.
2: You know, so I, d- I didn't have to. not have to get up at six o'clock in the morning anymore. I can roll out of bed. If I roll out of bed at eight o'clock in the morning, and then I'm still got plenty of time to get ready and then just mm. sit at my desk and do work. And um, there's um, there's not that Monday morning thing.
0: Yeah, that's actually a cold thing. <laughs>
2: You know, it's like, it's, Mon- you know, it's like, oh, it's Monday, but I mean, I guess you're in the house, you're in that familiarity, you've kind of set yourself up, mm. you've got your kind of, you want to get a cup of tea, you kind of get a cup of tea, I miss the social aspect of actually speaking to work colleagues, but you've kind of got mm. Microsoft Teams, and we're actually all fairly independent in what we do, mm. so we kind of don't work together. Um, this is my, you know, I'm giving an awful lot of information here. Um, I'm probably oversharing but there you go. <laughs> um so in terms of that it's been a fairly um it's been a fairly kinda of positive thing. Like it did, did give me a chance to kind of assess kind of what I was doing in relation to the We're not wizard stuff, um, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Here we got I'm I'm working in a university so we got a like one day notice that at... I don't remember, was it 17th of March or something? At four o'clock, the university will be locked. You can't come here anymore. So we were allowed to enter in July without special permission. So three months, no entrance to the university. So basically we were forced to work home. It was good and it was bad because, like you said, the social aspect was missing a bit because no coffee breaks and mm-hmm. no lunch breaks and such with the colleagues. Yeah. But there there are teams and other tools that you can use to communicate, but it's not the same thing. And also, you don't see people at the corridors. You can't just ask when you pass by that, by the way, that thing, how was it? Blah, blah, blah. Or whatever short question you have. You have to always send a message and you have to prepare the message or... In a way, it takes so much extra time to do all of those things using the computer, and not just walking past someone and just quickly saying something or asking something.
2: Yeah, it's like um, I guess what I found at work is there's less of the the kind of the idle kind of chit chat type thing. Mm. I think that um, I think that I think people that are very highly motivated have use this as an excuse to start work at you know eight o'clock in the morning and finish it half past seven at night and use it as well i was leaving it i was leaving to go to work at eight o'clock and i was i wasn't getting home at half seven so i might as well devote that to extra work and i think some people have really mm. i think uh, some people have really discovered that um you know the the done tons of extra work. I think there's some people who have really struggled with motivation Mm. and and kind of sitting there and just going, I think um, it's maybe made people think whether or not their job is just a load of crap. (laughs) (laughs) There's bound to be folk kind of sitting there going what's the point of this? (laughs) (laughs) What am I I doing this for? Am I actually doing this? Is this actually doing anything apart from me making somebody else above me a lot more money and Mm. (laughs) allowing me to pay my rent or my mortgage or something like that. So I think there's Mm -hmm. been a lot of questions. I think, um, you know, there was, um, so it's been that kind of thing, which I think has been quite interesting. It's really taught, you know, it's, uh, I've I've seen countless tweets um, on social media or messages on social media to say that who knew all along that we could have had people who had disabilities kind of, working as you know working from home and people who had access problems working from home and you know all these different kind of things and we didn't need a huge office and people didn't need to travel three hours a day for the work so it's been quite you know that's been kind of and you know kind of interesting um i guess the other thing is as well as people actually saying here's the first time that people are paying you know, £1,500 to live in a flat and they're actually getting their money's worth because they're actually mm. living in their flat <laughs> instead of spending, yeah. you know, 10 hours a day travelling and going to work and then spending the weekend out and about because, mm. you know, just sitting in their flat kind of depresses them, so there's that. And yeah, that's true. It's all very, 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 very strange. I'm aware I talk too much,
0: <laughs> yeah. but but it's it's all on the topic because I'm interested in what do you think about change, and you've said so many examples already. So all of it is related to what I would have asked later. You already <laughs> um, answered it in in a way. But what do you think about change as a whole,
2: for in relation to what's happened over the last couple of months, or in
0: as a as a whole change in general what what do you think about it is it good or is it bad or is it situational i think any um, kind of change now of course we have so many examples because of how the world is at the moment and the world has been changing especially this year i think more than in many years and this is rapid change i mean world has changed of course earlier already but it's been slower
2: i think it's interesting that we've seen a real strive for social Change and, um, in terms of people have actually said, you know, folks said, well, you know, let's not have this, and people have said, yeah, yeah, no, it's just like, no, let's not have this anymore. And people went, oh, okay, um, <laughs> did <I> really? <laughs> they really? I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think change is, change is a strange thing because you've got change when it's kind of required, mm. and then you've got the drive for. Um, people who want to change things due to not knowing where they actually want to be and you can get different examples of that so change can be a very good thing people can sit down and say right I need to do something not necessarily better or I need to do something a kind of like a different way and that can kind of promote change I think it can be a very powerful thing for somebody to actually take an action which can be slightly different or incredibly difficult for them for them to actually do. Mm. Um I also think change can be change can be a dangerous thing in terms of avoiding what you should actually be tackling as well. I know mm. of people who would much rather change a job and go from job to job and say oh this boss was terrible to work with this boss was terrible to work with this boss was terrible to work with. And then you ask them, why is your boss terrible to work with? And you realise that they, you know, they would walk into the office every morning and go, you know, all right, you idiot, <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, that's probably why the boss um, doesn't like you because you're, <laughs> you know, calling them an idiot. And it's that. So I think, um, you know, there's people use change as, as a kind of a defence thing to um, in order to avoid... The realities of their situation, um, Mm. um, you know, doing something different or changing the way that they act, it helps them to get away from things that they should be doing for themselves. Mm. Changing their circumstances instead of changing their own kind of act, you know, activities and potential attitude. Um, There's been a big push for not for change, but for people to use lockdown as a way to change things about themselves and and learn things about themselves and, you know, a big push to say, well, what, what new skill are you learning? How are you changing yourselves? How are you improving yourselves? And mm-hmm. and I think that's that puts in a lot of unnecessary pressure on people.
0: Yes. You know. I, I think so too, because you don't necessarily have it to change, I think, at least.
2: I think... I think um, give me somebody who's happy and content with where they are (laughs) Yeah. nine times out of ten Mm. because they're generally kind of you know you can see that they're generally more content with their life you know Um, yeah whereas I, I think people that strive for change all the time I think you have to have times where you sit back and Smell the flowers, if you know what I mean. Appreciate what Mm. you've done and what you've changed. So there was a big kind of thing of what skill are you learning over the lockdown? Mm. And I was almost kind of like, why?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Some people, especially those people who are all the time, this change, 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 and learning new things and doing something new all the time, they were probably so bored at home (laughs) if they were locked down. I mean, it might have been difficult for some to be bored and to face the boredom yeah the stability
2: yeah but then on the same time i think um, there's a lack of appreciation of being bored
0: yes exactly and, and you can learn from being bored
2: yeah there's a there's an interesting um and this is going completely um off track but one of <laughs>
0: what a surprise.
2: One of my favourite well, you asked me on. Yeah, 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 One yeah. of my favourite books of all time is Night Watch by Terry From Pratchett. Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Terry Pratchett's a fantastic book. And if you've never read it, um go ahead and read it, even if you're not a fan of Pratchett, because some of the stuff that is written in this book is absolutely gold. But there is a part where they are talking about um it's Havelock Veterinary. Who is the veterinary who Mm. is going to be the chancellor or whatever of of Ankh Moorpork? But he is basically, um, he's out in the courtyard. And the the night the watchman at the time says, What are you doing? He says, I'm just standing still, Mm. doing nothing, I'm just learning how to stand very, very still, and that's all. But it's a skill to. There's a big push for um, people to just not enjoy doing something. To just like, I do you like knitting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I really like knitting. So over the um, over the last kind of uh, six months now, I have um, I've always meant to do it, but I always wanted to do a bit of baking.
0: Mm, yeah, I've noticed.
2: So I've been making biscuits and I've been making chocolate cake and I've been making Victoria sponge and I've been making all different types of things and I've not gone.
0: I still want that banana cake recipe, by the way. <laughs> you still didn't send
1: it to me. i Did not so send it. Good. I'll
2: need to give it to you. Okay, I I'll need to give. I need to. I'll send you the. I'll send you the link because I don't know it off the top of my. It's uh, a Dove's. I used uh, uh the company I get the flour off is called Dove's and they have an, an excellent banana bread recipe. Which uh, yes and. Um, it's funny and, and and I've been making this um this stuff banana bread and mm. biscuits and everything like that and a lot of people have come back and said oh you should go on the great you know you'll be applying for the great british bake off next
0: <laughs> and it's Do you
2: need to go and on? it's kind of like um, no i just <laughs> i kind of just want to make it <laughs> cuz i like making Kind of biscuit. So there's there's often a drive to say to people, oh, you're doing, you're learning a new skill, um, you need to you need to learn how you can, you can get stuff out of it and
0: yeah, or benefit from something, yeah,
2: yeah, M- you know, monetize it and stuff like that, which just to me just seems a bit,
0: seems a bit strange, but you know, there you. I'll go on a wrong track also, but I just like few weeks ago, I was hanging around in Instagram and I saw that so many people there, random people, they are either calling themselves influencers or athletes. Why? <laughs> I mean, are you really? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting that they are influencers or athletes and it in a way guides how they are shown there. I mean, why do you need to be? Can't you just be something? Sit back and relax and enjoy not doing anything. Now it's possible.
2: I think it, um, it can have a detrimental effect. On um, somebody's mental health as well, mm. because um, one of the things you know that I've done recently, well, one of the things I decided during the the pandemic um, was that I was it felt like a good time now that I'd reached kind of four hundred episodes to kind of um, to put the podcast on holiday for a bit. We'd reached four hundred episodes. I'd had you know, various wonderful guests, including your good self mm. on the show. And it felt like a good time just to take stock and kinda like kinda like have a break mm. and um kinda do something different. But what I've noticed about um board game kinda media is there's so many people kind of it's not something <laughs> it's It's like almost if you top up the number of board game designers mm. and you put together the number of kind of people who are creating media for the tabletop space, they're not too different in the numbers
0: <laughs> yeah, it's about the same. I don't know maybe there's I, even more media people if you count them individually, not channel wise i yeah I just it's just like a huge it's a huge number which is fine. Which is fair enough. Yeah, but it's like all the designers have their own private consultant <laughs> or advertiser. <laughs> it's very right. interesting if you think about the numbers. That's actually a good point. I never thought like that.
2: Well, I think it's, and I, I think I've said this in other places, it's so it's so extremely easy for you to... Um, to do something pretty basic online. I mean, probably one of the easiest things to get access to is, like, Instagram. Yes. I mean, it's very, very easy for you to get an Instagram account and then just start snapping some photos, and you have to learn, obviously, a few technical things about Instagram, and then then you're kind of away there. It's the same with kind of, like, a blog. Um, A blog as well is... Something that you can relatively get started you bring a couple of people on mm. you know a lot of um the distribution companies fantastic distribution companies out there will welcome kind of new vloggers and um, new bloggers with open arms you know to try and just get some additional you know additional exposure for their for their wares and that's kind of interesting on the flip side of that I think um podcasting's kind of middle of the road I think you can get i mean we're speaking over. Skype just now and yeah. we're both recording using Audacity I think which is a free mm. piece of software and provided you know the mics and everything and the levels will be set up there's not there's probably not going to be much difference in production values between say this podcast and a podcast that you know Joe Rogan's podcast or something There's, there's, you can't do you know what I mean there's not going to be a big difference between the quality and in terms of audio quality, yeah. as opposed to content quality, between ourselves, content
0: quality. Actually, I'm thinking that Teo Rogan has things to learn to come to this level.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was probably a wrong. But I guess my, I guess what I would say is, if I was talking, like, say, about the Dice Tower or something yeah, like yeah. that, or you know, so very wrong or board game barrage. There's probably not going to be a huge difference in the audio quality um, between ourselves and maybe sporadically bored as well. Mm. Um, but you know. Um, there's not that difference in level. Whereas, if you go into say like video, mm. it's bec- it turns into a rich man's game. That's true, or a rich woman's game. Um, it's incredible.
0: editing skills are really important with video. I mean, oh, you can goodness. make a great video with not a good equipment if you know how to make it look good. You can so much edit if you are able to. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think um, because because I put the podcast as I say I put the podcast on hold and I'm still um, hosting. Mm. shows so what that means is that i have people who have their own podcasts i have actually taken their shows and i've hosted them on my Mm. podcast space because i've got the hosting there yeah so i might as well kind of kind of use it but video is so video has been a real challenge
0: yeah it takes so much longer to edit if you want it to look good and usually you want it to look good because you're in the video
2: yeah, and you can't just rock up with like you, you. can't just really rock up with an idea, and and kind of get it going. Mm. I kind of been I've been doing a few videos, and I'm trying to do them on a regular basis, and it is so funny. You can see the difference, but the difference is not in the quality of the content; it's the quality of the recording. Mm. So if you're recording on a phone, but you're not using like a, a mic the video will automatically look uh, you know will look and sound 100 times worse whereas if you've got like a camera smart lighting a proper microphone in there the difference is kind of like chalk and cheese yes. and also you're right about the editing i was watching um a really funny video of, um, from actual lol mm-hmm. today and i was watching kind of Ben Maddox's latest one um that he the was outside he, one. he's on his yeah he was on his top top 5 games by the way I
0: have to add here I knew that he will milk the top 10 now he put 10 to 6 now 5 <laughs> then 4 3 will be in 2 parts 2 will be in 3 and 1 will be 1 hour Yeah. epilogue
2: he's turning it into like he's turning it into like some kind of Game of Thrones kind yeah. of thing the last, the last episode is going to be split into like an entire season or something like that as
0: long as it doesn't become lost yeah you watch the series I think
2: <laughs> oh yeah, my goodness, yeah. We don't want yeah. He's gonna turn he's gonna turn <laughs> around and go, you know, actually everybody, I'm dead <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he's gonna cut away. But Doomsday
0: came already.
2: <laughs> exactly. But what um my point of kind of video is um I was watching those videos and part of me was enjoying the content that was coming into my eyes and ears, but also part of me was really appreciating the amount of work that was going into the B-roll footage that was in it, that was going into the transitions that was in it, that was going into... How did he manage to film that sound when he was walking up? Was he using a lav mic? Was he using some kind of other mic kind of thing?
0: So uh, you, I think he had a, a Bluetooth lavalier. Yeah. I think yeah. So. so. But you, those are ridiculously yeah,
2: expensive. They are ridiculously expensive. But you kind of you, you, you kind of look at it and you get a real appreciation for the types, types of videos. And it's unfortunate that the standard of videos is so high within the board game space mm. that you can't put out a really, really good idea, and that's not going to cut it.
0: I liked your Arkwright video. I'm still waiting for you to send me the game. <laughs> Are you wanting that game? Yeah, I, I love Arkwright. So the card game is like Insta buy for me. Did you get it then? Did you go back it? No, no, no. But it, it had too much uh, shipping costs. I can get it cheaper after it's re- in retail. So ah, I did, right. I didn't okay. pack it because it's ridiculous to back something for 20 or 30 euros and then pay 10 to 20 euros for shipping. It's the same with this Mercado, the Lisboa, this Lisboa two-player game. Mm-hmm. It had 25 euros shipping, I think, to Finland, and the game was 29 or 39. It's ridiculous because I always look at how much the shipping cost is percent-wise compared to the game. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't like the game, I can never get even half my money back if I pay ridiculous shipping. I can wait. Yeah, and that's the thing, especially if you decide you're going to sell something on. Yeah, if I'm not keeping, I'm selling, of course. I don't have any shelf space. You saw the shelf behind (laughs) me.
2: You've not got any shelf space. No, not Because it's full of games. Yeah, no, not anymore. That's why you've not got any shelf space <laughs> I mean it's not a case you've got You've got shelf space yeah, but no, no. I mean let's fundamentally get this correct okay, There's not no a case empty space. that you do not have
0: There's no free space pile of shelves
2: no free behind space. you free what, space. You need to phrase that <laughs> properly And say I have no You've free actually shelf not space. got No free shelf space <laughs> You've got shelves It's like being in the middle of a Kallax factory to be honest <laughs> But there you go Um, Yeah So I reassessed, basically I got to, (laughs) reversing, (laughs) I got to a space where I went, um, the podcast, is really funny because the process of um, editing the podcast was basically getting to work um, 15, 20 minutes early, Mm. have the computer ready to go, kind of load up what I was going to be listening to, listen to it, start doing editing. Then over lunchtime, kind of edit some more and then finish it off at night and kind of make it live. And what what I discovered was that because I was working at home, I couldn't, because of, you know, my youngest and stuff like that and having to take them to childminders and stuff, I couldn't really start (laughs) work. Half an hour early because I needed my I had my work computer and then I had my own computer mm. so it was all kind of weird, but then um, I'm always I am you know we're talking about oh you sh-, you know all oh, this shame about people learning new skills and stuff like that. I am that annoying person who does get not bored easily, but um, constantly likes to do you know do slightly different things. Mm. So I saw the video stuff as a way to to kind of change and learn and do something, and do something different. Um, So, for me, and I don't know if change in that case, because my circumstances changed and because it was a way for me to maybe deal with the current situation, was to maybe do something different that I could, I guess, tie into the pandemic experience. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? So that if the video's you know if 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 the coronavirus situation kind of finished at the beginning of next year then and it was like well that means you can go back to how it was before then if i then went back and said right videos were great but you know it's time to to go back to what i was doing before i, I could label that and keep it kind of separate yeah. um and also it kind of it's really strange because um when you have a conversation and and this is what was this is what I was finding when I was doing the, the um the last couple of ep- when I decided to do the episodes, it was physically impossible at that time to have a discussion with anyone mm-hmm. without bringing up the current situation mm-hmm. in um, you know the current situation and and kind of like the world what was happening, mm-hmm. and that's all you're talking about. Everybody was talking about it, so it almost it almost seemed ridiculous yeah to do it 10 times in a row yeah it seemed ridiculous to talk about board games while there was this going on and Mm. still talk about the relevance and people talking about being passionate when you know the board games were going on whereas in video it's very much I can say well I'm not going to sit there and make commentary on what's happening in the world what I'm doing is I'm here to show you (laughs) how to play this game, or I'm telling you how to play this game and what I thought about it, or I'm pretending that I'm in a factory in Newcastle, (laughs) you know, trying to contact a game brewer Mm. um, to talk to me about the game. So there you go, so that that was was kind of it. I'm talking a
0: lot. Yeah, yeah, I I noticed I still have some questions, but you already replied to the next one because I wanted to ask specifically, Mm-hmm. about about you, because you quit this podcast podcasting yourself and mm-hmm. then you moved to making video and having some time off from the podcasting. Mm-hmm. But you already replied that without me asking it. So how has it been, this change? Do you think um, you yourself have changed in the process? And if you have changed into what direction and what way you have changed?
2: Um... I think before I was, I was very much kind of like it was becoming a slave to this schedule, mm. and I think, um, and I was, I was enjoying, I was, en- I've always enjoyed speaking to people. If the podcast nice. was like, I've if the podcast was just like, thank you. If the <laughs> <laughs> everyone
0: listening to this also noticed,
2: but yeah, no, but I enjoy listening to people and speaking to mm. people and. As I say, there was the mixture of kind of like, do I want to be doing this? Is this the current time to try and be jovial and funny and entertaining type of thing? Mm. Um, And try and push people into situations. Because that was the other thing, is like I stopped the podcast because I thought, "Mm, actually, let's just take a break until people are maybe sure. Because I noticed already that people were starting to cancel a bit more often Mm. or weren't. Want wanting to change plans, and there was the whole fact that people were turning around and saying, "Look, I'm going to have to cancel my Kickstarter because, you know, I was meant to be going to this conference, I was meant to be going to this show that was going to drag so many bums on seats so It was going to really help me, and now that's been cancelled. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do, kind of thing. And also, um, there was the manufacturer in China. I mean, there was people that were talking yes. to me, and they were going to be coming on and talking about what they were doing. They were expansion, and they were just they were saying to me. You know, I, I I don't even know if my game's going to get f- made at the moment because I don't know, you know, when the manufacturing facilities in China are going to be gonna opened up again. So there was that kind of thing. It would um, have
0: had a negative effect on the guests, maybe, or mentally affect yeah. them in a wrong way. Maybe it's yeah a good decision what you've done. Yeah,
2: and I think it. I think the podcast was always at a lower level. I've never kind of got into the f- big phillips. I mean, we occasionally kind of got into the phys- philosophical kind of discussions, and I think some of the the most kind of highbrow stuff was actually with Ben. To be honest, I mm. think it was the time where we just let loose and we just like talked about what was annoying us and stuff like that. Um, it was a good and, and you know, yeah, and yeah, and, and on the other side of it, there was. You know there was the occasionally the people who would come on the show who'd who were only there to promote their stuff, mm. and that was kind of like that was a bit kind of oh okay, I mean you never heard from them again, so does that sort of thing
0: I escaped those episodes I'm being honest with you,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I mean, yeah, mm. that's you know, and I totally expect some people to i don't ex- I never expected everybody to listen to every episode I expected people to kind of like pick and choose that was the nature. Mm. You know that was the nature. I still get people who who contact me and say, "Well, I just started listening back to. It was interesting listening to that person at that particular time mm. when they were speaking to you, mm. knowing what happened to them, kind of later on, kind of thing, which was kind of, which was kind of interesting.
0: But the video from I'm going to add when I found you on your podcast, I went back to the first episode and every episode that has had a person that I somehow. Was interested in. I added all of those to the list. I probably listened maybe sixty of your episodes or something like that. But I mm-hmm. went to the very beginning and took the old episodes there and such. Like the first Luke Hector episodes, they were old. I mean, they were in quite <laughs> beginning, but that old. But you had very yeah, interesting guests in the beginning. For me, interesting at least, like Patrick from Blueback, Pack and other yeah. people.
2: Yeah, of course he's um he stopped um, being part of uh, that show yeah. for he's been away for a, for a little while and
0: I've I've asked him to join this as well but he's a bit busy with the schedule but he promised that he will at some point.
2: Ah, that would be good. That would be excellent. That would be excellent. Yeah, but um the long and the short of it was that I have done a lot of visual comedy. I have done stand up comedy, I have done a lot of musical theatre, I have done various bits of acting and things like that, I have always my job has always kind of been in a kind of standing up in front of people in a kind of a explaining a situation through sales kind of manner so you know, video seemed like something that I hadn't done and video's funny because um, board game media is very um, kind of... Yeah, it's very visual. It's also quite similar. Mm. There's not an awful lot of kind of innovation in it, and it's kind of interesting that as soon as, you know, that you can name all the people who are being pretty innovative on kind of like a couple of hands, mm. and 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 there's not many, there's not a lot of people who kind of go out there and do something different. I'm not saying. I was going to go out there and do something different and rock people's worlds, but
1: But there, I there's also
0: like... the, this thing, sorry for interrupting, mm. in the podcast media, I wanted to say it earlier already, that uh, you said that it's easy to begin and make an Instagram account, but you don't get anywhere unless someone, big one, somehow promotes you. You have to get that big channel to somehow notice you or to promote you or to someone to mm. promote you do this follow fridays or something it's impossible to get the followers otherwise or then you can pay or you can add your family and friends but, but if yeah. you do it just for the media it's not possible to like get a kickstart so to say
2: I, th- I think i think it can depend where you look i think um if there was anything i'll admit to doing wrong and i have admitted doing many things wrong um but I think one of the things where maybe I would have done things differently would be to have built up more of a of a community. Yeah. Um. I'm very much a kind of a. I am a kind of a single serving, kind of, sugar single serving kind of cream type of show. Mm. Whereas people will dip in. There's no continuation between you listening with a, an episode of Luke Hector or. Michael May or listening to an episode with John Gilmore and then listening to you know one with Mark Spector there was no continuation the mm. format was probably the same so as you went there was a continuation but apart from that there was never really there was never really if you missed episodes you know 330 to 375 you seventy-five, you'd never really kind of missed a continuation of some kind of ongoing arc or narrative that you, know, you could dip in and dip out and the other side of it because of that i never i never built a community really i never f- i kind of i had people who i became known to because of certain guests came on and went yeah i've been on the show it was a lot of fun you should listen then people came along and went yeah i did listen and there are episodes which are a lot of fun you know um um, and really enjoyed and but I never kind of had and I had stalwarts and there's some been really brilliant people who have supported me all the way through mm. the entire podcast um, like you know like yourself and, um, but I never had like say what Board Game Barrage had or sporadically Board had or So Very Wrong had or mm. you know I've never had kind of like a really interactive kind of Facebook group or anything like that it's been quite you know and that's Probably where I would say I was wrong. So I decided to take that and basically jump onto YouTube, which is disgustingly more difficult to get anywhere <laughs> than any <laughs> than any other than any other kind of form of media, I think. And it's really strange because it's kind of it's a very publicly it's a very public kind of place, mm-hmm. and that sounds strange, but when people listen to this, mm-hmm. and they should because it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. But when people listen to this, it's not a case that you're going to get a raft of comments underneath when you release this saying, well, you know, minute 37, he said this and this was wrong kind of thing. Or this is really, (laughs) this is really great. Or people saying, oh, does he ever shut up? You don't kind of get that on any other form of media do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, that yeah. continual YouTube is so very very public and it's almost expected it's like a, I remember like on the arc right video I got I think I got a, no it wasn't Arkwright, right it was the anachrony video that I did I got a thumbs down mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was kind of like oh screw you <laughs> 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 kind of then but then I realised people just do that for the sake of kind of doing it so yeah. I've had to learn Um I think I've had to learn to after being quite well known in the podcasting space, to be back down to being kind of like on the the smaller fish again has kind of been um,
0: liberating. But that's actually good. Mm. Everyone should try that every now and then. To come down from the ivory towers, not to say that you're a wizard in a tower, but if, mm. if they feel like I'm this big, this big, this good, they should really come down and see if they really are. They should go out of the bubble to see that are they or not. There are some unnamed board game channels also, and other people in the media sphere that seem to be a bit on a too high horse, and they should jump down for a while before they fall. But I just
2: I think it's interesting to see who would follow you if you change kind of what you're doing. Who's actually there, and who's going to miss your miss your content? I mm. am I am of. I am totally of the belief that if I stop doing everything tomorrow, then you know, for the f- for the kind of the first kind of three or four weeks, people would be like, "Oh, that's a shame," you know. And then by kind of month three or four, people would go, "We're not what oh, I can't remember them <laughs> kind of thing." I think it's because again we're back to the kind of the the kind of the saturation yeah. kind of thing, you know.
0: And it's so um, easy to replace something that you stop. Because there's the abundance of things. There are so many media, like you said already earlier. Like if you Mm -hmm. stop following some, then you don't even notice that you stopped. I just recently stopped uh, subscribing a few podcasts and I don't even notice they're missing.
2: Podcasts are really difficult though. And this goes back to me working from home. Mm. Because I was traveling every day, 45 minutes kind of each way. So there's podcasts that I would check out, and and now you would think that me working from home, I can basically um, listen to whatever I want. But what I found is that listening to stuff during the day while you're actually trying to concentrate on stuff is the worst bloody combination going, and you end up kind of going... It's different if there's certain people that I will kind of listen to all the time and... um, you know, and you're able to have them on the background, but they're more background noise. I'm not actually mm. listening to what they're kind of really saying, which I think is not the best. And then you can't. It's not a case that I can wander around the house at the weekend, and you know, my partners they're saying to me, "Well, what are you doing?" It's like, "Well, I'm just listening to a podcast." It's like, "You're doing what? Are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Are you, why are you listening to a podcast in the in the house?" So. It's actually like that, the same so.
0: here. I I cannot listen anything unless I'm. I listen to things if I'm doing some chores or household yeah. things or if I drive somewhere with a car or if I'm mm. mowing the lawn. Otherwise, yes. I I cannot listen. If I listen, I have to lay down on a bed and not do anything else. It's impossible because I'm the podcasts that I subscribe and listen to. I want to hear what they say there, and it's not possible if you try to concentrate on something else. I noticed that it's actually funny. The wife began listening some podcasts in the summer because we have to go to walk and such because we don't get any movement if we are sitting home and mm. just working at the computer. And she yeah. began listening to them and every now and then she's been hanging around the house with headphones on it. I'm asking, what are you doing? Like you said. <laughs> and she says, I'm listening to podcasts. <laughs> and I'm asking, what? <laughs> because she doesn't have this thing. She doesn't listen when she's doing these household things or something. She's listening when she's walking. So, yeah. also inside the house she's walking. She's listening, it's a bit funny. But it's not yeah. It's not that common, just every now and then. She doesn't combine that with the errands or with some things. And I combine it with the errands. And it's so different. It's a bit interesting. Well, it's
2: different from, like say, Netflix and stuff like that. It's not like everybody's like, oh, quick, gather round. Let's listen to this podcast together. <laughs> Podcasts are very... Um, they're still a very, very personal form yes. of media is very much kind of like uh, you know entertainment just for you and just for you alone mm. I don't know of many people that would actively go ahead and you know put a podcast on maybe in the background while they're doing something it's just background noise but I don't know many people who would put a podcast on and have like themselves and their significant other or housemate or partner or whatever kind of sitting and listening to them at the same time mm. which is kind of which is kind of interesting, so, yeah, but for me, the change was a challenge, because I've always looked at video editing, and wanted to do, wanted to try it, kind of thing, I think, Um, and that's what really, it's like, you kind of, what what additional skills can I learn, not for anyone else apart from myself, Mm. you know. Not to be the best video maker ever, because everybody's—you know, I've always got a long way to go, but just to let, have something different and have
0: something new to kind of learn. I'm still trying to learn how to make these podcast episodes into videos. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> fight with open shot, and it's not very much oh. agreeing to what I'm trying to do. Good but, luck with that. But especially this top 90 list that I just recently made, I want to put that to YouTube maybe someone Mm -hmm. will comment, because it's ridiculous that you are putting effort on these podcast episodes and people are not commenting. And I have to say at every episode that please interact with me, especially this list. I want to know your opinions on these games, but no. Because there is no platform where to comment to a podcast. I think that's the biggest thing missing from podcast or podcasting as a whole, that it's not like YouTube that you can comment, like you said, that at Mm. some minutes he said a bad word or there was no cable on the phone or something like that
2: yeah it's kind of strange and I I don't know if that's I think I don't know if people kind of like that I don't know if people kind of like kind of not it not being a having their own enjoyment decided by other people as well Mm -hmm. because I think videos are very much a kind of a is you'll watch a video and you'll watch a video but if you and they always say don't read the comments but if you read a comment on the video and you see somebody say, Well actually I think you'll find that they should have had three victory points instead of four and you're kinda of like, Well I really enjoyed that video so you know you know go away kind of thing. <laughs> and it kinda of <laughs> sullies your overall kind of enjoyment. So there you go. But yeah, so it's been interesting. It's been a strange, strange
0: year. But interesting, at least. (laughs) It's never a dull moment, is it? No. Never Um, a dull moment. We're running a bit long with this, but what do you expect from the future when it comes to you and your board game media?
2: I think um, it's not a long-term thing. I don't think it can be. I I think in order to... Board game media is a funny place in that it's a lot smaller than people kind of make it out to be. Mm. Um, I think there's always this kind of illusion that there's only really there's only a couple of really really big players, mm. and even the big players, they, when you compare them to kind of everybody else out there, they're entirely small. I mean, my uh, you know, shut. I mean, shut up and sit down is huge. However, you know, my son was watching a YouTube person play um, Legend of Zelda: <laughs> Breath of the Wild, and that person has got literally kind of 10 times the subscriber if not more rate than Shop and sit down has and automatically has like a hundred thousand times more views mm. than they do so while Shop and sit down are huge um, to us they're actually in the the big the largest scheme of things are kind of big so um i guess i'm in a place where um board games are if if it gets financial and people would ever pay me for doing stuff for board games and um, it's never, ever going to be a full time job. Mm. It's always going to be, you know, a nice place where I get, you know, I get, you know, to do review copies. I get to muck around. I have a hell of a good time doing it all the same Mm. time, but it's never, I'm never going to be kind of in that situation where I'm going to try and make a, a kind of a career out of it. Um, I don't think board game... Okay, here's a controversial (laughs) question. No, here's a controversial statement. Mm. I'm not sure if board game media people deserve to be making a kind of a full-time living out of it unless they're giving something directly back to the space. Would
0: you want to be a full-time media creator?
2: No. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, I would. I wouldn't if I could. I wouldn't. If I could. But then I love to be creative. There be there's a million and one things. It's like mm. people uh, people said to me, I always see these things in the, the lottery when you see, "Ah, oh, so you won the, I see you, you won the lottery there, uh, Dave. Um you've won 16 million pounds. So what are you going to do?" "Oh, I don't know. I'll probably just keep on working, you know, because I like doing it. You know, I'd be, I'd be like, I don't know. If I could i create I'd create stuff kind of full time. Mm. I think. Yeah. I would create stuff full time. But that's because I of it, I've always liked kind of creating stuff.
0: Yeah, um, that's true. I would also do full time if I had some economical mm-hmm. say, stability in a way that I wouldn't have to work. But I wouldn't want the money to come from the board game like publishers or the field anyway Mm -hmm. but if I won in a lottery that's something that I might consider but I would probably Mm -hmm. still want to do some research and teach because (laughs) that's what I've studied to be so I wouldn't have studied to become something that I don't want to do
2: yeah I think I would if I was doing the creative stuff I would continue doing the creative stuff Mm. Um, but it's a kind of a testament to the people who are you know People like the Dice Tower and, and places like that still have to have a huge funding drive yes. to keep going. Yes. Because obviously while board game media, you know, and Kickstarter is literally making millions and millions of dollars at a time, it's like very similar to the video game media in that there's literally no none of that money is coming back to kinda like the board game media kind of people. Mm. And I think if you want to, I don't think you can live in the good board game media space and make a horrific amount of money out of it just by producing content. I think you need to be going out to your audience or sponsors or, mm. you know, and the guys that are making it into a full-time job are like your rados of this world. Rado's still doing a, a still has a Patreon.
0: Mm. He's also doing previews. I don't know if he's taking money from them, but he's doing yeah. He's
2: probably taking monies for the previews. Um, No pun included. They're just doing their Patreon. I know that they're not paid for previews. Mm. Shut up and sit down. Have their yearly thing. But I think they're they're maybe one of the few people who are at the place where they're getting money from various different places. Mm -hmm. Not doing kind of paid previews, but you know, um, I think they're doing more consultancy stuff and things like that as well and i don't know maybe i was uh, i don't know maybe i was a bit harsh saying that people don't deserve to no i don't think it's not a case of people not divert, i don't think people should expect yes. to be able to make him make a living out of board game media and if you are that interested in board games then i think you're more likely to take the leap into the other side and get involved in the design side of things the actual mm. production side of things the creative in the board game side of things mm. you know that kind of thing that's what i'd be thinking about so
0: if you begin doing some board game media creation thing you shouldn't expect to get any money from it i think that's kind of how you should approach it
2: yeah i think manage your expectations
0: yeah don't expect that you will get lots of money that's probably what you are trying to say and that's what i think mm-hmm. at least.
2: Yeah, yeah I think there's some people that do make money from it yeah. Um, and there's potential to make some decent money out of it um, And but I think you need to approach it in a completely different way and I think the natural way that people move up the industry in board game media is by developing a lot of relationships with board game developers and creators mm. which then is another <laughs> is a whole other question about um kind of uh, relationships within between board game media and board game design companies and financial relationships as well
0: which is a whole different
2: a whole whole different conversation mm. And we don't have the time
0: no we don't. we don't have the time yanni you you are close to your bedtime so and so <laughs>
2: yeah i know uh, Now well i am old <laughs> <laughs>
0: You have prepared also a top nine list. And according to you, the topic of the top nine is top nine games we have enjoyed during pandemic that can be played with not that many players. Is it correct? Yes.
2: Yes, pretty much. Mm. Games that I have managed to play um, within the confines, which don't require a lot of players, but have also kind of really enamored me. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through this list Mm. Very quickly, because I'm very conscious I'm taking up, and people would have gone oh for goodness sake. What he's got a list now, so I'm going to go through very quickly.
0: Wait, can can we go one by one from 9 to one, so that we do? Yes, we can. You do one, I do one. Yes, we can. Uh, yes, we can. Uh, how, how did you make the list? I had a pen. <laughs> I mean, that, how did you rank <laughs> the games? <laughs> was it? Easy? How did I rank?
2: How did I rank the games? It was fairly easy. There was a couple of ones that have absolutely stuck out to me over the last kind of six months now mm. that seem to be kind of coming back kind of again and again in some way or another which um, you know which I really like so there you go.
0: Do you want to give any honorable mentions that just some games that you want to mention that just didn't make the list?
2: Um. Yeah Arkwright actually.
0: The big one of the card game? The card game Um. So it was good
2: it was complicated, but it was very tasty. No come on, um, it's a card game. It's it was okay. And <laughs> also I, I put it at number seventy five, I put um I put City of the Big Shoulders.
0: <laughs> I, no, but we still have that one game going. We so still have that, that one. That's why you're game taking for? three I days to take your
2: time. No. I just <laughs> like look at it and I just go,
0: <sighs> Really? <laughs> but you said that you can try again.
2: I said I was going to try again, but then I also said I was going to like potentially try and rip out one of my toenails with a set of pliers. <laughs> so it was like one or
0: the other. But that's no, that's a joke. Um, at least you didn't put needle under the nail and cut it. At the least ball.
2: I didn't put yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is one of the things. Um, no, um, honourable mentions. I do joke about set the big shoulders, but it is like so far down, it's ridiculous. Um, uh, let me just see. Uh, flip over frog.
0: Mm, that's a good game, actually.
2: Flip over Frog from Hub Games um, yeah. is a delightful. Very simple really kind good. of tile. Yeah, very simple But title. it's
0: not simple either. You, it's uh, deeper it's than it looks.
2: Simple to learn.
0: Yes. Look at it's it. Very that way. simple to learn. But with two players, it's really, really, really like hard. <laughs> in a In a way, it it has more meat than it looks like.
2: No, absolutely. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. So that's been kind of interesting. Um, yeah so that was probably the only I think the only honourable mention
0: I have three that I want to mention Um, two I played in Board Game Arena and I bought the physical copy after playing them Mm -hmm. and they are Targi and Innovation I think I played Innovation once with you as well but (laughs) that was crazy (laughs) like the game is but they work quite well online and Targi is a game that I've been thinking for a very long time to Try and buy, and now I tried it, so I bought it. And one more is Estates. We've had maybe three times game day or something, three or four times during the pandemic here. And two of those times we played Estates, and both times the game was so different and it worked so well. But it didn't quite reach the list. But I really enjoyed it.
2: I like that. I also, I guess the only other thing I would mention would be Abandon All Artichokes. Oh. Which is a very simple um a very simple but very fun kind of card game where you're essentially trying to remove your hand. Uh, all the artichokes that are in your hand, so it's a <laughs> good remove your hand. Remove your punch. hand. You're just gonna take it <laughs> off with uh, There's so many that, uh, I mean but there's Kickstarter ones that have been played recently. Die of the Dead, um mm. which was on Kickstarter quite recently. Um what else has been quite good Um Taverns of Tithenthal that was a pleasant oh, surprise
0: I played uh, it in Marat. it was during the very beginning of Covid
2: it was it was it was one of these strange things that I, I think I, I kind of my thoughts on it were quite simple that here is a game that they introduce the worst parts of the game to you as the full game and then introduce the best parts of the game once you've played the worst parts of the game by saying, oh, if you like the game so far, but I don't, you should play it with these bits, oh, and then I play it with those bits and discover that I've got an actually completely better and more wonderful game. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's so silly to play without all those modules, just put all of them in and it becomes so different and so much it better. Does. It does. It does. So it's like three times better. <laughs> yeah. Or something.
2: Yeah. So that would that would be my honorable mention. So
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Hmm. So are you ready? Yes I am. To begin I with am. the number nine. Uh huh. Now we need Eric Summerer here actually. Oh right, okay. Nine. I can do it. I can do it. yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Okay. You do then, the next one. Okay, okay.
0: And Richard's number nine
2: is Kahuna.
0: Kahuna, Uh, do you want to say anything about the uh,
2: game? Kahuna is a very simple kind of two-player area control game where you will lay... um, It's about... um, You're basically trying to lay bridges between islands, and if if you control all of the bridges on an island, then you get to put a token down on your island you get to claim it. Um it's a card game so what will happen is in order to play a bridge you've in order to play a bridge you've got to have the card in your hand in order to remove another player's um bridge you've got to have two of the same you got to have two of the same cards. Um and every card has a particular island on it and so by having that card you're allowed to play a bridge on that on that particular island. So um i played it on Board Game Arena a few times um, with various people, and also with um, Sam Turner from the Staying In podcast, and that was fun. So that's my number nine,
0: Kahuna. I can play that if you want to. I haven't played it for a long time, but I didn't even notice it's in Board Game Arena, yes, actually.
2: Yes, it is.
0: It's a good game. Yeah, it's a good game. My, n- my number nine is Seasons, and this is here because when the COVID began, we played it two times on the following days with the wife, and this is just this is almost perfect two-player game. I played it in Board Game Arena and I didn't really like the online implementation of it. But when you play two-player on the table, it's so so good. Do you know how the season is? Have you played it?
2: A little bit. I've seen it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen it. So
0: basically it's a card game where you try to summon things. Your mage is battling each other and whoever has the most points from the things summoned at the end of the game wins the game. And... There's not much about the game other than that, except that it's really pretty. I like the artwork. (laughs) I've seen, yeah, the the artwork
2: on it is absolutely... I've seen it um, being played at um, I saw Matthew Jude I think playing a game at at Aircon last Mm -hmm. year, um, which is interesting. Um, Number
0: 8? Shall we move on to number 8? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Number 8 Yahtzee. That's number 8.
0: Yahtzee. okay, that's all the time we have for today. And no, no not really, <laughs> just explain yourself. Yeah,
2: easy, right? Okay, I was like that as well. I used to be a non believer, but I have played probably more games of Yahtzee on Board Game Arena than I can even talk about. And I was at the beginning, I was just like, it is, um, it's such a simple, um, kind of simple game just to while away the hours and you don't have to concentrate on it and you know, you can set it up and you can play a game over a lunch time and you don't, you can walk away, it's perfect for kind of like online play because you can walk away from it for literally for days and then when you come back in again you're instantly kind of well well, this is what I'm meant to be doing
0: Hmm. you know No, no it's good it's it's much better than people give credit, for, give it
2: credit for. It is. I think it's one of these things that people are talking about dice games. They really should consider it because it has. Because I went in with the same attitude, kind of, ah, oh, how good can it be? It turns out actually, pretty damn good.
0: And I think if you play it online or with a computer, it becomes like Minesweeper earlier mm-hmm. for the Windows, so you can just roll and mark somewhere, roll and mark somewhere. Especially if you would play it alone. So
1: it's mm-hmm. fine.
2: I like that.
0: Okay, your number eight? Um, My number eight is Terra Mystica, and this was very high on the list. This was actually on the first spot when I first made the list. Then I thought that I have to rearrange it a bit, That what is hotter at the moment, because I've now played eight games of Terra Mystica in Board Game Arena, and I have the ninth going on, and it's becoming a bit... mm, It's not bad, but it's becoming a bit stale because there's no expansions. I would really want to play it with the expansions. I have the expansions myself, but I still haven't played with them. And I don't know. It's just it goes the same way depending what races there are in the game. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. It was higher, but now it it came down a bit. (laughs) Um, Nine games is enough <laughs> for all of exactly, you. Exactly,
2: exactly. No, um, and
0: and I once had three games on at the same time of Terra Mystica, and I screwed no, up two of yeah. them because I looked the colors wrong, and I don't do that again. No, okay. there, there will be no, only be one Terra Mystica open.
2: <laughs> no, that be absolutely painful. That be absolutely painful. Um, okay, number seven.
0: Yep. Num
2: number seven. Dice Forge. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Di- this is the last. Digital game that I have in the list, everything else after really? that is like physical game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, dice Forge is a very, very simple dice drafting, um, dice manipulation game, and um, it looks spectacular. And it is again another one of these games where the strategy, the overall strategy, you don't need an overall huge strategy in it, you just need to be very aware roughly of what your plans are going to be kind of in the future and um, I have this physical copy and um, it's strange that in many ways the digital version of Dice Forge is easier to play than the physical version of Dice Forge just due to the fact that in the physical game of Dice Forge you have to spend an hour and a half of your time taking the faces off the flipping (laughs) dice (laughs)
0: <laughs> you need to learn the technique first.
2: Oh, you need to learn. I mean, once you get it going, you're fine. But beforehand, mm. you're just like, "What again? Oh my days!" So there we go. So
0: that's number seven. Dice. Yeah, Forge. Once in every three turns, you have to go to the floor and try to find the piece that just flew there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've exactly. played it years ago. I forgot that I have it on the shelf. We really liked no, it. Nice. it no, it's so good. similar feeling to seasons that it's good. But I haven't played it for years. No, that's but good. It's a good game. My number seven is a game that I played with you once, and I think that you didn't understand Richard Preece's rules, and this is Keyflower. <sighs> uh, I've played it three times in Board Game Arena, and one game is on now uh, with people from sporadically board, and that game is taking very long, it seems, because the one who put it up put <laughs> no time limit, and I think it's second round, and it's been open one week, and I don't know what I will do with that game. But Keyflower is a really interesting, different type of game. I don't know what you thought about it, but I don't think this should be played with more than three.
2: No, it just it will become it just,
0: too uncontrollable.
2: It's just yeah, it just goes all over the place, and it's yeah. I just I didn't, I wouldn't look forward to playing it. I think it's one of these games. I think it makes more. There's certain games on Board Game Arena that you know why people play physically in front of each other. Mm and i think games like keyflower you and even city of the big shoulders for some way is very yeah. much is very much a game where you need to be face to face in front of you or at least be able to see physically your opponents in order it's to keyflower re- huh? yeah yeah i think yeah i don't i'm not yeah i'm not not yeah not 100% not 100% um, on that at all yeah. um
0: The difficulty with this online is that you don't remember what meeples the other people might have. Because if you play it face-to-face, you see what they get from the boat and you might remember it. Okay, he has red and she has yellow. I know that I shouldn't beat those. But now when it's online, you you can't remember unless you mark them down.
2: Exactly, exactly, exactly. Number six, catacombs, cubes. That's number Mm -hmm. six, catacombs, cubes. Um I'm a huge fan of catacombs. Literally. I, I haven't
0: played any version. I'm really Literally. interested to try, but love no one it. has to
2: love catacombs. It's 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 one of these games that I I'm absolutely I did a review of it. Um I'm absolutely dreadful at playing catacombs. I'm terrible. My finger work is a disgrace. However, there is something about the various iterations of flicking a disc about the place and hitting other things just really, I really, really like. Catacombs Cubes is completely different in what you're doing is you're building buildings using tetrominoes, little different shaped wooden blocks in order to kind of um, represent buildings that you're building and you score points and you have a chance to build a palace and it's all really big and it's really chunky and it has a table presence and it's brightly coloured and... um, it's a bold step from Elzra to take to continue to do things um, try and do something different when they could have just sat on the catacombs franchise and um yeah i've heard people um there's games that's kind of like people claim it's similar to um in terms that you're using blocks to build buildings but i can't remember off the top of my head but i really like it it's it's kind of it's lovely for kids Um, It's very simple to learn, it's a really kind of easy to medium type, entry type game. If you want it to be a bit more difficult, you
0: can, and I just really like it. Alright, I have nothing to say because I haven't played it. Uh, My number six is a game that um, we just played recently with three people here, Mm -hmm. and this is on the list mostly because we played it two times in a row. And it's not a light game. I don't remember when I played a game two times in a row with the same group. That is not like roll dice and see who wins. (laughs) That isn't isn't light. This is backstrands humanity. Wow, okay. Uh, We we played it twice because the first time we felt that, okay, this is difficult and it took long. It took us maybe 90 minutes or a bit past, a a bit over 90 minutes to play it the first time. Then we played another time and we were done in an hour. So basically we wanted to play the second time to see how it works when you remember the rules and you don't have to learn it with the rule book, even if you learned it beforehand. Do you understand <laughs> what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The first game, needed, you needed to understand how the things worked. I mean, I had played it in SN but the others who didn't play it earlier, they were a bit, they didn't necessarily connect the things, but the second game went so quickly and was so fluid and everything worked so well and this really deserves a spot because we played it twice in a row and it's not a half an hour game.
2: Cool. Cool. Um number five. Yes? I yes. have not played it so I cannot comment. Your number five. You haven't played it. My number five I have played it. It's a game oh. called it's a game called Donut Dash. Uh-huh. it is a programming game and uh-huh. um, look at it along the same lines as maybe a smaller version of mechs versus minions in that type of thing and what you're doing is you are guiding thieves about a donut factory in order to try and steal donuts and uh, follow the points of a compass and um, it's Deliciously more complicated than it lets on. It's, it's it kind of comes comes at you like it's pretending to be some kind of child's simple and friendly game, but there's a lot of depth and strategy. And in the game, you're trying to collect certain flavors of donuts. We're avoiding the tomato ketchup flavored donut and trying to collect X, a certain number of donuts in order to score points at the end. And um, it's not a looker by any chance. It doesn't look an amazing game on the table but um it was one of these where it was a complicated concept which is explained very very well by the mechanics and so my son was able to play it and he he rather enjoyed it. So that's donut Dash by the dark imp basically.
0: How old is your son by the way? B7. Oh, okay. Because my number five is a game that I played with my four-year-old daughter. Uh-huh. And this is Uno. Oh, yeah. And um, let's say that this game is a lot better two-player game than multiplayer game. <laughs> it It's really good with two because, I mean, we played it four times in a row about. Because I'm trying to teach the daughter now how to keep her cards hidden. We are at yeah. that stage of learning games, because cards are usually difficult to keep hidden if you're not used to that. Yeah, And this works very well, and we played it uh, with the daughter and the wife also, and it worked very well with three of us. But you can see that with two people, these uh, special cards are much better than in three players. And how can I say, this is one of those, like Yatzi. it's much better than people give it credit for, and it depends who you play it with. I wouldn't play Uno with my gamer friends, but as a family game, it's it's quite good, and I've really enjoyed it lately. We just got our own copy one week ago. We didn't uh, have it earlier.
2: I've played it with my son on the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote a review of the PlayStation 4 version of the game about, probably about six or seven months ago, and uh-huh. um, it was the same thing, except in the in the PlayStation Four game, um, you have to play four player. You don't get the choice of playing two player. Oh. They bring in two kind of, they bring in two kind of bots. But yeah, it was good fun, and it was kind of like one of these. Um, it's I don't know. It's the kind of the snobbishness, the board game snobbishness coming out, where you're mm. kind of like. Um, I don't want to play this game, but then when you get into it, you're kind of like, actually, it's just probably as cutthroat as anything else, especially when you're laying cards on people, and they have to go ahead and pick up, mm-hmm. like, 16 cards, and you just see yeah.
0: them, you see especially them cry. In two-player two game, it's bad, because you can take two, take two, take two, and mm-hmm, <laughs> you, you exactly. can see the mouth going from, the, from up to down when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
2: So yeah. that was, yeah, so that was... Uno. Um, yep. Number four is um, Anachrony mm-hmm. by Mind Clash Games. Where do I start with Anachrony? It is quite simply, um, if I was able to get out and about and play it with more people, I would probably try to be try to get as many people playing this game as possible because it is rather wonderful that it disguises itself under what it appears to be blanket complication and confusion and yet for some reason for a game that once you start playing it, it makes so much sense Mm. and slides so easily into place that it's relatively quite simple to learn and play once you're going, once you get over that hurdle and then after that it's wonderful a really, really kind of was pleasantly surprised by the complete lack of correlation between all the symbology on the board and the the rule book that was there, and actually playing the game itself. And the rule, everything has just been done to such a high standard. The rule book is really, really good. the The artwork is fantastic. The mechanics just make actual really good sense of a very very difficult concept to come across and um, the only reason I've put it down um, at number four is quite simply because of the number of times I was able to play it which was very very few times indeed.
0: Did you play it with people or did you play it solo? Um, I did both. Okay you have the newer version right? Yes. If I remember right okay I have the old version with the huge box. And mm. I've only played it once in my life, and I'm so eager to play it again. And I think the only difficulty in the game is that symbology, but mind class games have that in all their games. You have to learn a language before you can learn the game. Yeah, yeah. And, but but the game is so good. I totally agree with you on everything you said, Actually, when I I she- want to play it again soon.
2: And this is what I thought, it was once you got into the symbology, there actually isn't that many symbols. Yes. <laughs> There's yeah, yeah. not that many symbols once you're in it, which was kind of like, kind of good, yeah. But no, mm. I muddled through on the the yeah. solo player. Um, But it was actually quite quite easy to, to teach. So that was um, an acronym. What about your number four?
0: My number four is a, a surprise, because it just came to beta in board game arena, and since its release I've played it one after another, and it's St. Petersburg. Oh, okay. And this is a gem from the past. I have the second edition on the shelf, and it's ridiculous. This game is, by the way, really expensive. (laughs) I looked, Mm. they're selling this first edition for 80 euros in Finland, and this second edition is about 100 euros in board game geek (laughs) (laughs) geek market. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But this is a really great game, and hmm. if you're able to try it in board game arena, it works on the table probably best with two. But in board game arena, it doesn't take any extra time if people are playing it actively. It's it's really really good, and I noticed that it works with four players also.
2: Well, let's let's get a let's get a game of that set up then. I'm
0: quite happy to
2: quite happy to play that. Yes. Will
0: you read the rules or no. have you played it?
2: No. I will not read the rules. Um there's okay. no point. I will just <laughs> we'll just dive in. That'll be fantastic. Yeah.
0: Um But it's easy game. You you can probably do it better than with City of the <laughs> Big old <Soldiers>. Okay. <laughs> 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 wow You didn't your say you needed three? big shoulders in
2: order to carry the to carry the flipping rule book for that. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um okay. Num my number three is um the Court of Miracles. Mm-hmm from Lucky Never Duck heard. Games. It's relatively quite new. Never heard. Um, and it is a area control game. You're trying to... You're basically a beggar. You're trying to control as many areas as you possibly can. And there's a mixture of kind of like area control and uh, worker placement. And it's extremely simple. In a round, you'll basically... You'll place your disc... Because you have discs, you'll place your disc kind of face down in a space and what you'll do is you'll collect coins or you'll have a card or you'll move the Beggar King further around this track and you also get the benefit of the area that you're in. Um, there's only three spaces in every area, there's only four areas, uh, five areas in total, um, off the top of my head. And um, as the Beggar King moves around spaces, he'll come across a space which triggers a showdown and then between you and any other players in a particular area you have got to um, if you've got the more if you have got the most power between the two of you, you win you get renowned, you get to control that particular area and it's basically the person who manages to put their renown in across all as many areas as possible gets rid of their renown first of all they win the game, or if the beggar king gets all the way around the city, then it's whoever's got the most renown. It's very simple, however, it's very tactical, it's very back-stabbing-y, taking areas over and stuff like that, and I really, really, really like it.
0: I had to check from Board Game Geek. I've never even seen this, it's interesting. It seems that it's uh, uh, originally this French game, and... Mm-hmm brought by lucky duck games they did yes. the same for some other games also yes i don't not remember which ones
2: which was interesting because i looked at time garden recently mm. who was also they kind of distributed that and i didn't i thought uh time garden was overproduced and um, mm. whereas i thought this uh, the artwork in it is absolutely stunning it's totally my bag just the way the artwork is the tokens they are the simplicity of it, how easy it is to learn and how complicated it gets very quickly. I really, really like it. So mm. that's Court of Miracles at number three.
0: My number three is a game that shall not be named, but it's City of the Big shoulders <laughs> <sighs> And uh, maybe so i say save, save you from this, but this is a fantastic somehow symbiosis between 18 XX games and Ark Fright, and this does things right. It would be on the first place, if the expansion was in Board Game Arena. And if I had the expansion, it's sold out everywhere and out of print and everything. So if by some reason Quinnet Games is listening to this, you can send me one, thank you. But um, this is really good game. The first time I played it, I played with the expansion and it made it good because there's better um distribution of the companies and within the base game there are some some companies are more important than the others and I think that the distribution should be better but this is a great game in my opinion
2: yes in your opinion I'm sure it's <laughs> absolutely fantastic other in things my correct opinion other things that Yanni likes. Includes paper cuts in baths of lemon (laughs) juice. He also likes crossing his eyes when he crosses the street to make it more (laughs) challenging. Um, He thoroughly enjoyed the last episode of Dexter. Um, Said that was a that was a that was a classic. Um, And he always finds his fun his most fun that he likes to do is to go to the cinema then go to the cinema again and spoil the film and then play Chase Me Down the Street. So this is the type of person
0: that you're dealing with. Number two. <laughs> it seems like you're talking from experience of your own. Anyway, what's your <laughs> number two?
2: Yeah, Han- Hansel would died.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: get over it. Um, my number two, and it's not a number two, is My Little Scythe by mm-hmm.
0: Stonemeyer Games. Um, I still want to play this.
2: This is um, the difference between this and Scythe is the fact that Scythe gave the impression it was a war game and it was essentially a resource management game in wartime clothing. And mm. so a lot of people that I know played Scythe expecting to be battling mechs and walked away from it going, Oh, I didn't realise that being popular would win me the game, kind of thing. <laughs> My little Scythe has kind of got round that by declaring from the very beginning that you are essentially trying to be as popular or have as many apples or as many pies or you know as possible and it kind of very much wears its heart and its sleeve it looks but it doesn't entirely get away from being completely kind of cutthroat um But it's also a delight to play and it's one of these games that whether or not you win or lose at the game, everybody seems to have um, a stunningly good time. It looks lovely on the table, it's a plethora of rainbow-like colours with beautiful, stunning looking miniatures, solid components and it has such a massive table presence and I've played it with my youngest, I've played it with my middle son um, and it does allow you to kind of be cut through. It doesn't spend too long at the table as well, so little brains um, won't get bored and start to wander. You can pretty much get a game kind of played within about half an hour to 45 minutes. Yeah.
0: I don't think Jamie is listening to this. I don't care. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) (laughs) then go on.
2: I love it. There you go. That's my number two. That's my number two, which isn't the number two. No, um, You're praising
0: it so much.
2: Oh, I, do, I do like, no, I just, I just, I, I just really, really like it. Yeah, it was. Pleasant. I, I
0: want to play this. Do you remember uh, what is the minimum suggested age?
2: Oh, you can get away with, I mean, you can probably get away with a four or five. I mean, it's very, very... It's Does
0: it have any hidden information? No,
2: no. It's all, well, there's a bonus card that you can play, but you can just, you can, ref, you can kind of ignore that card if you want
0: to. Do you have to know how to read?
2: Um, no, because there's a lot of symbology on there, so you get okay. around it it's it's pretty easy
0: ok, you know. then I'll put this on my list mm-hmm. of games to get okay. home
2: what's your number 2? it's my number two. City of the Big Shoulders again, is it? you're not allowed to have it in twice
0: <laughs> it's City of, no it's Clans of Caledonia have you oh, played this?
2: yes I have
0: this is superb in Board Game Arena It works so well there. It is like a perfect translation from the board game to the digital form. And this is not first, mostly because I've played it less than the one that is number one. And this is really, really, really good. It's a bit lighter than Terra Mystica and it has some similar genes in it, but it's really good and works very well in board game arena. If you never tried this game, you should really try this. It's hidden gem in a way, a bit.
2: I'll definitely give it a shot on poor game arena then. Oh, I'm not gonna get any work th- I'm not gonna get any work done <laughs> at
0: this rate. Um yeah, but I'll play this anytime if someone wants. If I don't have ten games on. <laughs> currently I have Madeira, two City of the Big Soldiers, one Terra Mystica and I can't take another heavy game until one of them. Far
2: many, it. far many, far too many, far too many. Um okay. Number one. Um Endangered mm-hmm. um, I still from Grand Grand Gamers Guild. Um, which I played the solo. When I first played it, I played the solo version. I played it by myself and then lost and instantly set it back up and played it again.
0: Mm, that's a good sign for Be- us all out, Mod.
2: Because it is essentially a game. Like imagine it's kind of like the basis of pandemic where you are taking, you're basically taking actions in order to save save the tigers or the sea mm. otters from extinction. and you are rolling dice and you're taking your dice that you've rolled and you're placing them on cards in order to perform actions. And as the game goes, you will play cards onto the table, which everybody can use as actions. Not just yourself, because um, it's a fully cooperative game. And the aim of the game is you're trying to get the UN to agree a resolution to save the tigers. And I have played it physically a good number of times. I have played it. I actually at the recent Shelfa Palooza mm-hmm. um, online kind of con. I Took four people I didn't know and I taught them how to play it on Tabletop Simulator. Mm-hmm. And how did they, it work there? It worked really, really well. Everybody mm. had an absolutely fantastic time. I believe that actually Endangered is available for people to get, you know, to try out. It had a it, it had a it had a Kickstarter that didn't do too well. Mm-hmm. So the base game that originally went out there wasn't maybe as brilliant as it could be. It's then just run a recent another Kickstarter to bring itself back to the table and it stormed it Mm. and it's bringing a whole pile of wonderful expansions because you basically can expand the game by just introducing new species Mm. Um, so it's it's basically pandemic but you're working together but there's not really a kind of a quarterbacking thing because it's not a Mm. puzzle, it kind of changes every time so that's my number one Um, really, really kind of enjoyed playing this over the last kind of six months.
0: I've heard a lot of good things about this and it's really interesting to me. Uh, What do you think? Is it uh, easy for a kid to play? Maybe not. It sounds like it's more complicated.
2: Yeah, it's a lot more complicated. I think it would be something that you would definitely need, kind of add a lot of adult hand-holding and Mm. supervision. Not to say that they couldn't help kind of make things happen, but I'm it's... talking
0: about normal children, not those who play cover when they're five and Agricola <laughs> at six. <laughs> no. I definitely see mm. it's definitely an adult definitely yeah. an adult game, yeah. Okay, that's how I think. But the theme is super cool. It should be it, it would be cool for a kid also. So oh yeah. You could teach them that these animals should be saved and they are endangered. If something happens to them they can't reproduce, let's say that there are no female left from the tigers and what will happen. So it would be a good in addition. Ecological sense.
2: Yes, it would be absolutely, but yeah, from there. So that's my that's number. Wh- that's my think. number one. That is endangered by Grand Gamers Guild.
0: All right. Um, do you want to guess my number one? No. Did, did we play this? I think I played this with you. It's yeah. Race for the Galaxy because I played it. Oh yes, ten times online. Yes, it's yes, perfect yes, import game. Yes, I yes, yes. Did you like this? No. No. What?
2: What's yeah, wrong with no, you? no <laughs> no, it's (laughs) fine it's fine as a game it's fine, do you know what I think it's one of these, it's another one of these games I think it really benefits from you actually being in front of the person to lay down a bit of the smack talk and just to see somebody's reaction my own, that's my only issue with Board Game Arena is um, and I guess that's just the online playing is the kind of the lack of ability to actually talk to people in real you time, can, if you
0: have if you have premium account, you can if you play a real time game, you mm. can open a voice voice chat or oh, right, use okay. Discord or something else, or you can yeah, open Skype right, yeah. and just play. But yeah, that's that's true, and I've all, only played this turn based there. But in real time, this is like five minutes. We I forgot Seven Wonders. That's so perfect in real time there. Oh, anyway, <laughs>
2: can't adjust your listening. Matter. Can't adjust uh, your listening.
0: But this Race for the Galaxy is really good there and it has all the expansions as far as I know so you can add the expansions and change them and it doesn't become stale like Terra Mystica might. And this is why this is first and I've played it the most also in there. I wouldn't play this in the card form. It takes five times the time Mm -hmm. to play it with the physical cards and just... (laughs) looking at them and paying and taking new and shuffling the deck and then taking and paying but with the board arena it's really quick mm. you can just click it away and be done with it yeah. and still get some kind of enjoyment out of it
2: hmm. no it's yeah it was it was good fun it was good fun it was good fun so i think that's that's a nice little list
0: yeah um i'm going to put this list against each other What do you think of your chances of winning?
2: Oh, definitely not, no. No chance at all. (laughs) Not even in the slightest.
0: But I have Uno on the list. Yeah, but I have Yahtzee on the list. Uno is more hated than Yahtzee. We'll see. But let's see. We'll see. see. And you have more followers and more following, so... We'll see. (laughs) It doesn't really matter, it's just fun. We'll see. It's yes. Just for visibility.
2: Just for for visibility and fun, and to click those likes to get our little bits of serotonin and endorphins kind of going. Please like
1: us. (laughs) 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 Yes.
0: Do you have anything you want to add? It has been a lot of fun listening to you and everything but it's been almost two hours
2: i know i'm really sorry it's like this is the thing it's no like, no never don't worry. ever ever <laughs> let me on to <laughs> your show unless you've got like a cut off button where you can
0: stop me from talking yeah um, no, but even even if i mute you or block you it you will still record. i'm still it gonna record <laughs> yes it so it doesn't work um, like twitter i'm sorry no
2: um no, I, I'm looking forward to getting back and playing games with people. I think if um, if if there's one thing I've taken away from this year, it's like that um, actually the the company is means more to me than the game
0: that we're playing, I mm. think. I'm know? at the same position in a way. I'm trying to get my wife to play a game with me, but she's been doing her PhD, trying to finish it, and she says that she can't yeah. learn a new game, and I'm not willing to play old ones. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. No, that's the only thing I think. If it's taught, taught me, you know, it's not taught me that board games aren't important. I think they are. I think it's been important to have that time away from kind of blaring and media and sound bites mm. and films and social media. And it's so nice to drift away more than you know, more than ever to have kind of like some kind of me time and me space and even think space where you're not having to worry and you can concentrate on something else. So It's so precious just now. Mm. It's so absolutely precious to so many people that I think, you know, while everybody mourns not having these cons and stuff like that, the fact that we have been having kind of virtual cons and people have been really enjoying themselves kind of speaks a
0: speaks a lot so i I haven't attended any virtual cons. i have to admit i have no interest zero interest because the lack of the people yeah and i don't want to because they're in the weekends weekend is family time to me i don't really open the computer so i don't want to sit in front of the computer Mm -hmm. staring at virtual people if i can spend that time with my family because yeah. work and daycare and everything, I only get to see the daughter maybe three hours an evening, four hours an evening. Yeah. And the weekend is the time we go to swim on Saturday morning. We have this family swimming thing, and then we just spend the time home. We watch movies. We do something. We go out. I really don't. I open the computer in the evenings, and that's it. I'm not going to open the computer daytime in the weekends. That's how I've been doing now since summer.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that haven't gone to the virtual cons because there isn't any people.
0: Mm. I want to go, and they interest me in a way, but in the order of importance, they are lower now. Well, I did
2: the I did the one with endangered because it was a chance to speak to people. I think. Mm. I think I would have been maybe slightly feeling slightly differently if I'd just been rocking up, but we'll see because that might become more of a more of a normality. But there you mm. go thank you for having me on
0: thank you for coming but you haven't said that where people can find you if they don't know where they can Um, find
2: you well you can find us at all different types of places worn out faces bright and early for the daily races you can find us on um, we've got our podcast well if you go to the googles and search for we're not wizards and you'll find us and you'll find us on our podcast um, which is we're not wizards.com. You'll find us on our blog, which is we're not where we put our written reviews. You can find us on Twitter, which is we're not wizards. You can find us on Instagram for our pictures, which is we're not wizards. You can f- email us, which is magic at we're not wizards. Yes, I'm aware of the irony of the email <laughs> address, that's why I chose it. Mm. Um, you can find us on YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Tabletop Podcast. Um, and all those other places, we're on Board Game Geek. We've got a guild. We've it's just everywhere. We're like a... it's like. I was gonna, see, that used to be the joke. Mm. We we're, we're everywhere, like a you know, spreading like some kind of virus. And then we have to <laughs> drop that because it was no longer. It, it was a bit tasteless. So you can find us in those, <laughs> in those, places. And if you really like what you, if you like what you've listened to tonight, please jump on to. The Apple Podcasts and uh, give this uh, episode a rating or a review. And if you are going to be giving it a rating or review, remember, don't give it ten stars because you know Yanni. We don't want you don't want Yanni feeling more important than he really is. But don't give him one star because there is nothing sadder than a man from Finland crying away because he's got one star. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average. Man, you know. I'm a little bit average, but Yanni
0: isn't. So there you go. You missed that, didn't you? <laughs> so there's only one more thing left to say, mm-hmm. and that is that we are wizards. No, wait. How did it go? There's
2: <laughs> only one more thing to do, is to remember that we're many things, but oh. we're not. But we're not wizards.
0: We're hot wizards.
2: We're hot wizards. We're smoking wizards. We're out in the land that we're out in the spandex and the latex. We are doing the TikTok dance. We're throwing our high heels on, and we're dressing no, not, out. I'm, I'm not, and no, we've got no, that no. we've got that booty going on. Check out our wands. That's all I'll say. The
0: spandex doesn't toy to me. I'm sorry.
2: Well, there you go. Boom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me. And talking long and having a great top nine list with the longest topic ever. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. I don't don't think that many people will listen anyway. But for you, maybe they will. We'll see. It has been fun. So, bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. You can find this podcast from SoundCloud with username Pelatan you can also find the podcast from Apple Podcasts and Spotify should be in Amazon Podcasts also at some point and it should be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts you can find me from Instagram and Twitter with username mitapelataan there's a page in Facebook mitapelata and you can just search by mitapelataan and you should find me from many places I have a blog mitapelatan.wordpress.com where you can find information about this channel and all the links to related media. You should be able to find me from youtube as well by searching mitapelatan. You can send me email to mitapelatan@gmail.com. at gmail.com. There's also a guild in board game geek number 3321. Interact in any way you can. Comment anything up to you but interact with me please. And if you listen this far, please leave a review, subscribe so that people find out about this podcast and one more time, thank you for listening and bye-bye. The music used in this series was Nightwalker by Scent Pulse. Thank you for that.